For me, it was approval. It's, I realized that most of what happened was because I disapproved of myself because of all the external disapproval and the lack of validation and acceptance. And while I had gone through all the different layers of acceptance and trying to love myself and trying to, I, I did all the spiritual bypassing work, I did all the affirmations, I did all the positive thinking, but none of it really fixed anything. It really just put Band-Aids on everything. I tried all the manifesting. I tried all of that. The thing that I'm noticing that is working is the approval. What makes life rich? And I don't mean rich like Scrooge McDuck swimming through his pool of gold rich. I mean rich like chocolate. In the Rich Life Realization podcast, my guests and I will explore what makes life more magical, wondrous, and full. We will have deep and powerful conversations that will help inspire your richest life. I would like to include a trigger warning for this episode because my guest Kaylee and I discussed some very challenging topics, including trauma and eating disorders. There is also going to come a moment after a long period of silence and know that your podcast is still probably working, that I start to laugh. And I'm not laughing at Kaylee or her challenging and, and very painful story. I think that I'm able to see through it and see what's underneath. And I was hesitant to leave it in, but my guest Kaylee encouraged me to have it as a part of this episode. Hello and welcome. I'm not sure if it's the the weather or caught something, but my voice will be slightly lower and gravelier and, and maybe very sexy. And <laughs> so, but I, I have an awesome guest with me today. We have Kaylee Grace. I was so lucky to be on her podcast, and now I get to return the favor. Her podcast is called Love Creates Freedom, and she is, she's, well, I will let you, let her tell you her story, but she is now exploring becoming a, a trauma coach. Welcome to Kaylee. Welcome. Thanks for having me. I'm so yeah. excited to have this conversation <laughs> with you. <laughs> Absolutely. Absolutely. Well, we were talking a little bit before the show, and let, let's talk a little bit about maybe the what, what's been going on for you. I think we we talked a little bit about the orthorexia in your podcast, which is an, an eating disorder that I struggled with personally, and, and Kaylee has struggled with as well. And it is a, a hyper-focus on, on healthy foods. Yeah, after the chat with you, interestingly, <laughs> it's kind of like everything just exploded on the inside. And I think that was because having conversations with people like you about orthorexia and hearing your story, it almost gave me permission to be okay with how screwed up I was <laughs> and, how, and how much orthorexia had really wrecked, I really wrecked my life. And from that, permission and being able to give myself permission and the acceptance as well um, that I had a problem and that it was okay. Just the acceptance of that then opened up a completely different layer of trauma that I am now working through. <laughs> 
which has been um, it's been intense. And I don't know how far, how deep you want me to go into it or how much of it you want me to share, but I can go wherever, wherever you want me to go. (laughs) The world is our oyster here. The world is our oyster and my brain is just open. (laughs) Woo. I love that. The brain is open. It's open. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and, and maybe give us a little bit of a backstory about kind of what your life was like before the conversation that we had. And, and it seemed like you were going down kind of further and further this path that, that was really challenging for you and scary for you. Yes, I suppose challenging is what you could use. It's... So for me, the orthorexia came from the trauma. Um, As I'm putting all the pieces together, it came from the trauma through my childhood, the massive emotional trauma and the um, ridicule and the criticism and the judgment and the, in my family, I was the one that was outside the box and I was the one that was constantly being punished just for being me, just for the fact that I existed was enough of a reason to be punished in my family. And going through that all the way through, um, all the way through being a kid and then a teenager and then all through my 20s and all through my 30s, like the the trauma hasn't stopped for me. It's kind of not like the, I guess, people who go through trauma through their kids and their teens and then they get to their 20s and they're like, enough is enough. I never did that. I never stood back and said, enough is enough. You need to stop doing this now. I kept allowing the emotional abuse to just continue because it was my mom and it was my dad as well, but it was my mom. And then in my forties, I, well, actually 30, 38, 39, I had my daughter And then four months after she was born, my mum got diagnosed with terminal cancer. And that is when the megaphone got dumped on my my eating issues because I think I always had some kind of element of restriction. And I started restricting gluten and dairy back in my 20s because I was having issues with both of them. But I also only ever really ate the same food. So if I went to a cafe and I was eating dinner, it was always lamb shanks, always. It didn't matter where I went. As long as there were lamb shanks or risotto on the menu, I was fine. Um, Breakfast was always the same breakfast. Eggs are always cooked the same way. I remember all through high school eating exactly the same breakfast and lunch and also dessert Dinner was different because mum would cook something different, but even then she only cooked three or four different meals a day. So I think there's always been this element of um, staying in my comfort zone with food. I was never going to be the person that went to Thailand and ate a bowl of bugs or went out into the outback of Australia and ate snakes or emu. I'm not that person. (laughs) I was never going to do that. But I also wasn't going to go to a cafe and eat something other than lamb shanks for dinner. It just, but I didn't think it was a problem. I didn't think that was an issue. It seemed perfectly normal because I liked it. I really liked how it tasted. It's like, why would I have, why would I have steak when I like a lamb? Or why would I have pork when I really like lamb? It, back then, it seemed fine. But then when mom got sick, and then my restricting really came into play. It, it happened in two different ways. So I started researching. So my fear of death came in because of my mom was sick and she wasn't meant to make it to the end of the year. And so um, I'm here with a four-month-old with all these baby hormones flying through my body, already going through some form of postnatal depression, Um, I was already struggling because I'm a single mum with a newborn baby. My mum wasn't here. I was living with someone who was also 
in some ways quite emotionally abusive. Um, and she didn't want to help. She wouldn't even hold my daughter to help. If I needed to do something, she wouldn't help me. She's like, no, that's not on me. You live here. We're not friends. Like I'm not, I'm not here to help you. So it was, I felt really alone. And then I started researching because I'm, my brain is a researching brain and I also did nutrition in my 20s. So, and I, I um, started an organic food market. And so I was already interested in organic food. I was already interested in healthy eating. I was already on that path that I started researching what foods cause cancer. <laughs> and I already had an idea in my head of what food cause cancer. So the first thing was I went plant-based, but then it was a that was about the same time the medical medium came out and I got his first book and read it and it was, and my brain, I can't remember what was in the book, but my brain basically went, okay, so I can't eat any meat, dairy, processed foods, um, nothing that's, nothing that had a life, basically only fruits and vegetables were all you can eat based on the medical medium. But then I started also going down the other paths of another friend of mine was doing lectin-free. So then I started researching lectins and went, okay, well, if I take out, if I take out everything that used to breathe, everything that is packaged, and then everything that is lectins, and then I went and saw an integrated doctor. And he said to me, he did all this testing and he said, well, you need to take out all the salicylates. I'm like, okay, I'll take out all the salicylates. Okay. So now I'm taking out the lectins, the salicylates, anything that would breathe, anything that's packaged. And then, then someone else got in my ear about oxalates. And then they also got in my ear about phytates. I'm like, okay, so I'll take out the oxalates and I'll take out the phytates. So now we have no nuts or seeds. Now you have no greens because the oxalates are gone. And so I basically got down to eating pumpkin and blueberries. They were the only two safe foods that existed in the world that didn't have any of these foods that were going to cause any issues. And I can categorically guarantee any person in this world you cannot survive on blueberries and pumpkin. <laughs> and <laughs> so for me it was it was. It was a very fast journey down. It didn't take long for me to go from when I was pregnant. So when I was pregnant, I eliminated every rule, every rule I had. I went, okay, I'm going to take out every rule I have because I want to do the best I can for this kid. I even went, this is, we're talking after eating, must have been at least 10 years of only eating organic food. I went to Michelle's Patisserie, which is like a cheap really cheap bakery and I went okay I'm I've, I'm fanging for a meat pie here <laughs> like four or five months pregnant I need a meat pie I went and had one of the meat pies and they ate it and it was good but then I could feel my body reacting because it had gluten it had dairy it wasn't organic and it could have been my mind reacting but whatever it was that was shitting itself over the fact that I had a Michelle's patisserie meat pie I then went, okay, so here's the deal. I will eat any food as long as, one, it is organic, and, two, it is gluten-free. So I dropped my dairy-free rule. I said, but it has to be gluten-free because I was pretty sure I was reacting to gluten. And so then I just went crazy and ate. I was eating cheese on everything I could possibly put cheese on. So the way I was eating when I was pregnant was vastly different to the way I was eating all of a sudden less than six to seven months after I'd given birth. And I went from nurturing my body. I put on somewhere between 25 and 30 kilos when I was pregnant. And people go, holy crap, how did you do that? I said, well, you've got to understand I was, only, <clears throat> I was only about 56 kilos when I got pregnant. I needed at least 10 kilos just to come back to a normal healthy weight for me because I was always really, really thin anyway um so for me putting on that was amazing and then as I was coming out of after giving birth and starting to lose that birthing weight I wanted to stop it around the 62 63 kilo mark because I just felt so good 
and I looked good. I looked like a normal human being. But then after mum got sick and I started restricting, that dropped, but it dropped so far. Now, you remember I'm 5'10 and a half, 5'11, so I'm tall. And I usually sit around 56, which is thin for me. Like I'm around 56 now, 50, 56 to 58 now. I got all the way down to 51 and there was nothing left. And the turnaround time for me in all of that was when death came for a visit and I was awake. I think I was breastfeeding my daughter actually. And he came and he stood in front of me and just as clear as I am talking to you and I can see you, he stood in front of me and looked at me and I could see and I just I shook my I shook my head and I said no and he just kept nodding his head and I kept shaking my head going no and he kept nodding his head and then he looked at my arms and I looked down at my arm and all I saw was just gray and bone like there was nothing there was no life in my arms and that day I went and saw a friend who was a chiropractor and I had a chiropractic session done on my daughter and I had one as well and he had said to me if you don't stop what you're doing I'm never going to see you again he said you are I can see you are at the end you've reached the end of whatever you're doing you don't get out of this you're not you're you're not going to turn around and come back you will be gone and he really like he was just you have to stop please stop what you're doing And so then when death was standing in front of me and then I remember that conversation with him, it was this moment of, okay, I have a problem. I've gone. I've gone too far. And then it was, how do I come back? And it has been, that was, God, my daughter, I don't even think my daughter was, it was just somewhere between that six months and two years old. It's like somewhere in there. I can't remember exactly how old she was when it happened. Um, I don't remember how long ago it was. I know my mum was still alive, so it was younger than my daughter being three. Um, But it's taken, shit, my daughter's now eight. So it's taken me more than five and a half years to get to this point now where I'm not 100% I wouldn't say I'm 100% in recovery in that I could walk into a shop and eat absolutely any food known to mankind, but I also wasn't there before the megaphone got amplified. Yeah. But I am more where I was before the megaphone got amplified. I'm eating more of the food that I was eating. Wow. So that's my very big... <laughs> that's my last six years. Sponge down into <laughs> ten minutes. <laughs> the the cliff's notes. Yes. Of <laughs> and the way that you described the just death was not not even on your doorstep. It was standing in the room. It was in it the was, room. It was kind of looming over you. And I had I had that that similar realization that 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 I had those two paths that I could I could go by that I could choose the the process of dependency and and continuing to limit and continuing to live in the fear and that would take me down toward toward death and and I had the other path of of life that I could choose my relationship with my wife and I could choose to, to live and, and to be uncomfortable and, and, and to be not happy at the time to, kind of, to work through it. And one thing that I just found is fascinating is that you, one of your ways to work through it was to start a podcast. And I don't <laughs> yeah. know, maybe, maybe this would be a, a therapeutic tool, but if, so tell me a little bit about when did that happen in this, in this story a little bit later and, and what were you trying to achieve with it and what have you achieved with it? So the podcast came about because 
I needed I needed to have conversations with people or I needed to have conversations so I could talk about what was going on and I could talk about all the different layers of what I was feeling. I had tried friends weren't working because friends, my friends, lots of my friends, um, if I'm sharing what I'm going through, then they share what they're going through and then all of a sudden it's about them and it's about me. I'm like, yeah, but that's not, I just want it to be about me. I just, I want to be selfish. I want to be, some people might call it narcissistic. I'm like, eh, I just, I need this moment to be about me. I am where I am right now in this moment struggling because so much of my life has been about how can I, how can I be who I need to be so everybody loves me? How can I be who I need to be so people like me? How can I be who I need to be so I'm accepted in this world? How can I be who I need to be so people stop rejecting me and abandoning me? And and that's part of reason why I ended up where I was because I kept living so much in the external world based on what everybody else is going to think about me. The health journey really got amplified because there's so much out there that says eating these foods is wrong and only eating these foods is good and um and so they that wasn't working for me talking for friend to friends and also they didn't understand so up until very 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 recently none of my friends had lost both parents certainly not before the age of 45 They've all still got one or two parents left. Um, and that something happens to you when you're young and you lose both parents. There is this, uh, I remember, I actually remember talking to a coach um, because I wanted to wor work through the trauma of my mom and she had also lost both of her parents before the age of 45. And she read an article about a guy who actually did a study on a bunch of people who lost their parents when they were older and lost both parents when they were younger. And he said something happens in the brain of people who become orphans when they're young. And 45 is still young. Like I've still got this whole world in front of me. It's still young. And realizing that and going, okay, I need more support than what I'm getting. Yeah. So then I started going down the path of coaching and therapists, but I just, I couldn't afford, I couldn't, hey, stop it. Sorry. <laughs> I couldn't afford to spend the volume of money that I would have had to have spent on therapy to fix this problem. I couldn't do it. It was, it, uh, it would have, I really needed two to three calls a week of conversations that were very active and dynamic and I did try I did try different counselors and I tried different therapists and I tried somatic healing and I tried different people but I wasn't having this conversation this very engaged invigorative fun enjoyable conversation while I'm also dealing with my crap sorry I have a dog that is sitting here looking at me growling okay go away no no Away. No. They normally just sit here and do nothing, but no, they're, they're up deciding they have to say hello. Um, <laughs> so for me, the volume of coaching and the volume of support I knew I needed, I couldn't afford to pay for at the time. But, but I also decided not to. So while I sit here and go, I couldn't afford it, I really I didn't want to pay for that level of support at the moment. I had other priorities of what I wanted to invest in. And so my brain being the way it is, and I have done this previously before, so I used to have an online TV show. For kind of the same reason, I needed support. I wanted to ask questions. I wanted to understand more about how people were dealing with the same situation that I was going through. And so my solution was to start an online TV show, and this was 10 years ago before online TV shows were even a thing, um, start an online TV show back when The Secret first came out, whenever that was, 10 or 15 years ago. Um, and so I did. I started it and I got the answers that I needed to take me through to the next level of my journey. And so when I came here, 
to this point going, I need to have conversations with people that are outside my very small bubble because it is a very small bubble. Even when I was looking for coaches and counsellors, I could have a coach, but then I'd be having the same conversation with just that one person, with that one perspective, with that one thought, with that one idea. Or I could or I could create another online TV show or a podcast where I can have lots of different conversations with lots of different people who have lots of different perspectives and then hear all of those different perspectives. So then instead of my very narrow-minded bubble being here, having one conversation with one person every single week, all of a sudden my narrow bubble is doing this. And I've had you're, you're exposed to so much, so much wisdom, yeah. so much information. And that has really catapulted my, my journey to where I am now and how I'm feeling now because of just so many amazing people that have shared their story with me and then their healing journey and their wisdom and how they dealt with the voices in their heads and how they dealt with their trauma. And that has just opened up. And like I said before, it's the permission. Yeah. That's the, that was the starting point for me. The permission of it is okay to be a mess. <laughs> <laughs> And then being okay with being a mess is kind of where it unravels. Oh, yeah. It, if you have a problem with, with having problems, this being human thing really isn't for you. <laughs> but I did for such a long time. I punished oh, myself. Yeah. Oh, yeah. The punishment is part of what created the eating disorder. Yeah. Can you feel that? Mm. What is it for you? Mm. It's, I don't know, it's, it's like a, a, a jubilation. It's like there's there's something underneath and I, I just kind of slowed down for a second and just was like, oh, hey, that's there. And sometimes that happens when we slow down. I, I like how you talk about kind of like being in, you know, last time we talked about kind of being in the mud. And you can almost, if you're, if you allow yourself to be in the mud, you almost find there's something deeper in there. Like, being in in the challenges of, of being human and then there's something deeper there's there's something that, that you didn't see before but that's been there 
and I've I've kind of had this this realization that that I think we're searching for whatever you want to call it the enlightenment happiness meaning purpose and I just, I had the thought the other night, well, well, what if we already have it? And then it's like, of course we do. We've always had it. And we just didn't see it. It's, it's like we forgot. We had it when we were born. And then we forgot. Because the world has this illusionary quality that, that, that kind of makes you forget. And, and then we can remember it's, it's right there. It's over our shoulder. It's this, this reservoir that's like, it's, it's, it's going to burst any second mm-hmm. and I see that now I see that in you and that's that's what I was thinking mm-hmm. and now we can we can let it like, flow over us and through us but we can also push it away. And the only reason that it, we aren't enlightened or, or, or fulfilled or connected or happy is because we're actually been pushing it away this entire time, not meaning to. But we're not only pushing, I think the, we're not only pushing that away though, we're pushing all emotions away. They are just encompassed in that. So, if you think about the punishment um, for so many of us, I think every, almost everyone, unless you've had this amazing parent, we've all gone through so much punishment in our life. Not understanding why, you know, parents. Uh, I see it now. Kids are walking along a rock wall, having a wonderful time, and they get punished. Get down, or you get this. Be careful. Like, be careful of what? I'm walking on a rock wall. What? What is there a like? Is there a shark that's going to come and eat me? What am I being <laughs> careful for? When you're four and five and six, you're not going. Oh, be careful. Okay, I need to. Like, you don't have that rational, logical mind. So, be careful can be a punishment. Oh, I must be doing something wrong. Or if you're running and having a fun time and screaming really loud in the shops because it's great because it sounds like everything's echoing and all of a sudden you get, I'm back here, slow down, be quiet. Say, what What did I do? I was just running and having a good time. Okay, well, I'll squash that feeling. So now all of a sudden I'm not climbing up on rock walls because I'm going to get punished. I'm not running and yelling and screaming because I'm going to get punished. If you're at home and you're, screaming really loud inside and your parents have just come home for a full day of work and they they walk inside the door and you're running up and down having a great time and all of a sudden you get can you stop making so much racket what i'm just having a good time but all of a sudden you're getting punished for having a good time and this is what i mean by when i said before i just got punished for being me so much and i think that's what most kids get is they get except my fabulous daughter who climbs on a rock wall and I'm like, good job. And she's running around screaming in the shops and I'm running around screaming with her going, I don't give a shit if you guys are annoyed. I don't even know who you are. That's your problem, not mine. (laughs) Don't punish me because your parents punished you. Um, But it is that, it's that punishment and we don't put it right down to those little things where we were told to be quiet in a library. Shh. What? What am I doing? I'm talk. I'm just talking. Well, you need to talk quieter. Why? It's just a room filled with people. I don't understand. 
Because mm. when you're under a certain age, you don't have that rational, logical, critical thinking brain that goes, oh, okay, we're in a library. We need to be quiet. We need to do this. We need to do that. And generally parents aren't taking the time to explain to their kids why they need to behave or act in a certain way in certain environments. They're just saying, don't do that. Don't do this. Don't do that. Don't do this. Constant punishment for kids being who they are. Then we go all the way through our life constantly doing that because then you think about teenagers, how many teenagers get punished just for being themselves by their friends? My friends at school ended up being some of my biggest bullies. They were horrible and mean and I remember going through high school just feeling so rejected and so hated by the end. I didn't end up finishing high school. I left because of the bullying. Um, And then I get into my 20s and now all of a sudden I'm having long-term relationships with um, partners and they're rejecting me for being me because I'm not fitting into the right. But the one I was with, he was vegetarian. I was a meat eater. So all of a sudden I'm getting punished just for eating meat because he was a vegetarian. I wasn't allowed to bring meat into the house. I wasn't allowed to eat meat. Me being me, who needed to be in a relationship because I didn't feel good enough about myself being on my own, went, okay, well, I will conform to your box because I don't believe or trust my box. So I'm going to come into your box and I'll be a vegetarian. Okay, great. Now I'm a vegetarian, but you're still punishing me. Why are you still punishing me? And then I ended up leaving him after five and a half years, only then to get into another relationship with a man who was a meat eater who didn't eat beans and lentils and nuts and seeds. All of a sudden I've gone from one who punished me for eating meat to another one who punished me for not eating meat. And it's like, holy shit, how do I? And that was my entire 20s gone and part of my 30s gone to there was actually one relationship at the start where I was eating everything like a normal human being And at the end of the relationship, he accused me of being bulimic because he said in his words, he said, no one can eat as much food as you do and not be throwing it up to stay as skinny as you are. So that was the start of getting punished for eating normally. That was kind of the, I mean, my mum started it, but that was the start outside of my family. So then to go from him punishing me just for eating food to him punishing me for eating meat for him punishing for me for eating nuts and seeds and beans and lentils and legumes and anything else that was vegetarian-based or fruit-based because he didn't like fruit either, to now you'll find me in my mid-30s going, well, I've just spent most of my 20s and half of my 30s getting punished for food and just for being me and squashing down all of these different parts of who I am, the happiness, the joy, the love. And that all started when I was a kid. I even have memories of when my dad used to punish me because I would be nice to my sister's friends and I would, I would go and chat and talk and laugh and play and then he would get on the phone and say, you should not have done that. They're your sister's friends. And I remember in my head going, but I was just being nice. I don't understand. I was just being nice. So now I'm getting don't be nice. Don't be nice. Don't be kind. Don't be thoughtful. Don't be caring. Don't be happy. Don't be loud. Don't have fun. Okay, well, I don't want to feel any of those, but I also don't want to feel sadness or anger or hate or resentment or fear because they don't feel good either. So now all the good feelings feel bad and all the bad feelings feel bad, so I'm just going to shove them all down in a box. And if any of them come up, I'm going to punish myself because that's what people do. They have punished me for any feeling that I had or anything that I did that didn't fit inside their box And every person has their own box. So all of a sudden it's like, holy shit, every single person in this world punishes me because I'm not sitting in a box that they think I should sit in. So now all of a sudden I have absolutely no idea who I'm meant to be or how I'm meant to be. And my dad even said to me one day that he thought I was schizophrenic. He said, I've watched you. And he said, you are a different person in front of every single person you stand in front of. And that made sense to me. When I, when I opened this door and started doing this work in my 30s, I looked back and I went, yeah, no wonder, because I have no idea who I was meant to be in all of that. Mm-hmm. I wasn't raised in a family that encouraged me to be exactly who I was meant to be on this earth, regardless of what anybody thought. I was raised to go, no, you be who the person in front of you wants you to be, otherwise you'll be punished, but you're going to be punished anyway. Yeah, it, 
it doesn't matter. <laughs> it really doesn't. It, I, I wish it did. And then it would be easy, right? Oh. And then, but, but it's, it's not going to work that way. And even if it did, you wouldn't be your authentic self. You would be people pleasing. We were trained to people please, like you were talking about. We were trained to not to, to make them, we weren't trained based off of how, how awesome we are or creative we were. We were trained on how pleasing we were. Yeah. Yeah. And can I share with you how I am getting out of that, what yeah. my solution is to that shit storm that lives? Um, for me, it was approval. It's I realized that most of what happened was because I disapproved of myself because of all the external disapproval and the lack of validation and acceptance. And while I had gone through all the different layers of acceptance and trying to love myself and trying to, I, I did all the spiritual bypassing work, I did all the affirmations, I did all the positive thinking, but yeah. none of it really fixed anything. It really just put Band-Aids on everything. I tried all the manifesting. I tried all of that. The thing that I'm noticing that is working is the approval. And it was just yesterday, I think it was, um, and over the last two yeah. weeks I've really had to look at how much people disapprove of my behavior, how much different people disapprove of what I think about myself. And when that feeling comes up and, and my brain goes down off that thought trip and it's having conversations with someone because someone said something to me or I know a conversation is coming, so then my brain will go off on that thought trip, I'm starting to bring myself back and look at the feeling and go, what is that? What is that? What is that? feeling and yesterday it was um yeah so I put up a Facebook post about betrayal and that was that was the feeling that I sat with yesterday I was outside and I was walking down to the guineas and I was looking at feeding that we've got guinea fowls looking at feeding them and I just stopped because this feeling came up I went, what is this what is this feeling? I can feel it. What is it? What is it? Because I've had all this drama happening around me in the last two weeks. And that's when it dropped in of it's betrayal. I went, okay. So then my process now is to feel the feeling and basically say to my, yesterday I said to myself, I approve of the fact that I feel betrayed. I approve of the fact that I feel hurt by all the betrayal from all the people that have been in my life up until now. And I got a couple of weeks ago, which really has, it has kind of been like just these, all these marbles are now falling into place and it's like, oh, I get it, I get it, I get it, I get it. It was the approval. Because I would wake up in the morning, I'd wake up with this feeling and I just felt like worthless sack of shit. And this is what really drove me to start the podcast because I needed more than what I was doing. It was waking up every morning feeling like a worthless sack of shit and then going through my day and then going to sleep feeling exactly the same way. And it just never shifted and it's been here for years, absolute years. And it was, it just got to the point a couple of months ago where it, was destroying me and it didn't seem to matter what I did it didn't shift and all the work that I'd done over the last 17 years of um which for me has all been about awareness awareness of how all of my different stories and all of my different traumas have brought me to this place and have and so every thought that I have in my head I can hear I'm not oblivious to the thoughts and I'm not oblivious to the feelings, but I've said, been heard to say numerous times, awareness does not solve the problem. Just because you're aware does not mean that the feelings are miraculously going to go away. There is more 
there is so much more and I am now in the so much more, which for me the biggest, the biggest key was the approval because I was disapproving of myself. Mm. Everyone around me was disapproving of me. The voices in my head were constantly disapproving of me. Then I was punishing myself for disapproving of me. And then I was punishing myself just for the fact that I was being disapproved of. And it also meant that most of the people in my life were disapproving of different choices that I've made and different decisions that I've made. Two of my closest friends are hardcore vegans, and I cannot tell you how many times they tell me that I, they think I'm wrong for eating meat. So I, the friends that I chose to be good friends constantly punish me and constantly disapprove of me. And this is, this is a pattern. And it comes from that really deep disapproval that I have within myself. And the feelings, all of the feelings, the good feelings and the not so good feelings can't come up because I'm constantly disapproving of them even being here because I don't like how I feel having them. So I'm constantly disapproving. So my way through now, which has been this miraculous change because now I can go through an entire day just kind of sitting in a space of, um, I won't say complete peace, but just sitting in a space where I'm not getting hammered by any negative emotions. I'm just here in, just here. I just exist. It's nothing good and there's nothing bad. I am existing. And that is such a better space for me to be in. And it comes from approval just constant approval of every single feeling and every single thought that I have. It it reminds me of that. There's a a Saturday night live skit where, where the, it was a credit card reader. And then the lady would said approved. (laughs) (laughs) So you can, whenever you have those emotions, you can say approved. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but you don't have to say it like that yes. but it's the approval that stops the punishment which is stopping the rejection of the emotion which all of a sudden means that the emotion can just be there without the punishment without the rejection and without the abandonment and without the all of it it's just i approve of this feeling right now oh okay and then it just it just dissipates it just dissipates yeah. and right now where i am right now i feel like i'm right at the the i'm at the core i'm at the core of my struggle which is the uh which is the self-worth and i had a moment last night where i was lying in bed and my brain said to me what would you do if you got cancer right now And then this other part went, nothing, because I'm not worthy of living. I'll just lie here and wait to die. And I looked at that and I went, wow, I get it. That is is what is driving all of this, is this belief that I'm just not worthy. I'm not worthy to live. I'm worthy to die. And I'm just Mm -hmm. waiting for the moment where that happens in whatever way that happens. And that is kind of at the the deepest, deepest, deepest core is that lack of worthiness to live. And that's that's the that's the point where I'm sitting at now. Because I know that once that once that is heard and proved of and loved and appreciated and validated for being there because that part inside of me that is just so hurt and so damaged and in so much pain, once that is acknowledged as opposed to punished and it's loved as opposed to punished and it's not rejected anymore, it will do the same as all the other feelings and it will dissipate. That It is, it is deep and it is raw and it's, it's going for me it's going to take more than me just going, I approve of this feeling. It's, it, it, some of them are really easy to shift and some of them I have to sit with. 
and I really have to feel and I really have to hear because these these parts, I believe that these parts inside of me are no different to any child in this world that just wants to be heard and wants to be acknowledged and wants to be seen, wants to be validated and wants to be accepted and wants to be loved. And so I do that on different levels with all of these different parts inside of me that are hurting and I have come so fast. I'm so much further from where I was when I was having waking up to blood-curdling nightmares and panic attacks in the middle of the night and not being able to drive down the road because I was terrified to leave my house and not eating um, because I was too scared to eat. And I'm so far away from that now. Um, and I feel for anyone that's in it because it is, it is a hard and extraordinarily lonely road because there aren't too many of us that are really that have really gone into the depths of pain of what trauma and abuse has done and there's so much out there that that also we spend so much time seeking external validation but there are no there are no answers out there there are conversations which open and expand your awareness but the ultimate answers are being willing to go in and sit, as we talked about, sitting in the mud, actually mm-hmm. sitting in it and going, yep, this is, this is where I am. I'm not going to punish myself. I'm not going to beat myself up for it. I am going to sit here and I am going to approve of the fact that I'm in the mud because, yes, my life has brought me here. Mm. And that's okay. Yeah. Wow. There, there was a lot there. I'm not sure that I can, I can speak to it all. There's something that, that I, I, I would like to speak to. Mm. And that's that, that you were bringing up kind of that self-worth mm-hmm. piece. And, and we have the, the external validation. And I think that we've all found that that, that that's empty, that you can chase that one. And it's like the, the rainbow, it'll keep moving. It'll get further away, the closer that you get. And that we have this place within us that, that this life, this spark of life that we were, we were born and we're alive every second in this moment right now mm-hmm. and in this next moment. And that source of aliveness, what if that could be the source of your self-worth because it was given to you freely. It was given to you unconditionally. It, does, it doesn't care if you're in the mud or if you're pushing away your thoughts or if you're hurting, it is going to give you life. It is giving and you cannot repay it. You could try. It will outgive you. And what it's trying to give you too by giving you these really challenging feelings. It wants you to to see through them, to see through the thoughts that are creating them. It wants you to be guided back to your wellness, that spark of life. And it's been trying your entire life to bring you back. That's what I talk about, what, that, it's, that it's over your shoulder. It's been kind of whispering in your ear. That, and, and sometimes shouting at you. Mm. When you feel really, really bad, it's mm. shouting at you. It's saying... This is hurting what you're thinking. 
is hurting yourself right now. And it's okay. That, that, that means that those feelings are so incredibly valuable. Mm. They're so incredibly valuable because they hurt. Not in spite of them. Yeah. And so and that for me is where that approval comes in. Yeah. You yeah. because everybody's been pushing them away. Yeah. They've been misunderstanding the message. And you're starting to hear now that oh they're here and and I can approve of them and I can be grateful for them and I can I can live in them and they will pass like you found sometimes mm-hmm. you have to sit them in them for a little bit longer than others you don't I guess you don't have to but you can yeah. <laughs> you can and, and, and it is a, it's okay to be angry yeah. It's okay. I, I was outside yeah. when I was picking up sticks out the front because I had someone come here and they didn't finish off the job. And I was sitting in this place of I appreciate what they did and I'm annoyed about what they didn't do. And I stood up and I said to myself, I went, it's okay for me to be annoyed that they didn't do what they were meant to do and it's also okay for me to appreciate what they did do. I can do both. Yeah. Whereas we come from this world where, no, no, if you're angry, then you're angry. Or if you're going to, or in the law of attraction spiritual world, you should just appreciate everything and never be angry. <laughs> mm-hmm. <laughs> so you're on either side, you're either, you're either angry or you're appreciating, but you can't be both. But I'm sitting in this world of, no, no, I can be both. And I approve of both. I yeah. equally approve of appreciating that there is a pile of sticks over there that I did not have to pick up. And I'm annoyed about the pile of sticks over here that I do have to pick up. And it's I think that a, makes a difference. Yeah, it's, it's such a simple example. Yeah. But it speaks to something that we're angry with, that we're angry. Yeah, and then we we're punish an- ourselves for the anger. Yeah, right? we're annoyed yeah. that we're annoyed. We're sad that we're sad. We're depressed yeah. that we're depressed. I'm going to punish myself for being happy and I'm going to punish myself for being sad because that's what happened when I was younger. Yeah. So for me, the the solution is I approve of the fact that I'm happy. I approve of the fact that I'm sad. And the approval stops the punishment. Yeah. Beautiful. Mm. Hmm. I think that is a beautiful place to... To come to a close and definitely. <laughs> where can people connect with you? Because you are a treat and you are honest and, and special and people are going to want to be coached by you. I know it. And they're going to want to listen to your podcast. Where can they connect with you? Thank you. I appreciate you for saying all of that. Uh, the easiest place is to go to lovecreatesfreedom.com and that diverts to a link tree which has every single link to my podcast and to I do free mentoring in a Facebook group and I also do one-on-one coaching. So people can go to any link that's under lovecreatesfreedom.com. Mm. Well, thank you so much for, for joining me today. Is there any last little nuggets that you would like to, to leave on the mantelpiece, on the rich yeah. life mantelpiece? <laughs> <laughs> oh, I think the main one is if you're in the world right now and you know about the spiritual world, I've started calling it emotional bypassing. It's really easy to bypass the emotions. And there's so much validation out there about 
emotional bypassing. Focus on the positive. Do your positive affirmations. Don't let that stuff get in the way. Just focus over here, manifesting. It's all over there. Uh, I am coming from a very different place of saying stop bypassing your emotions. They yeah. hurt. I am, I, they hurt. They hurt. We're, for me, it's 47 years of pain. It hurts. <laughs> it's not coming out easily. But like you said, it also dissipates. Mm-hmm. It comes up. And then if you just stop and feel it and say whatever you want to say in your head, even if it is what I say, I approve of this feeling right now. Mm. It's okay that I feel this feeling. It dissipates. Yeah. I think that is the best piece of wisdom that I can get give to people because if you're coming out of trauma, it 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 hurts and it's hard. Yeah. Yeah. And to stop punishing yourself for it, that's where the approval comes in. Yeah. Yeah. Thank you, kind sir, for having me. <laughs> thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to the Rich Life Realization Podcast. May these conversations help you experience your richest life. To contact me about being a guest on the podcast or about coaching, email me richliferealization at gmail.com or text or call 970-716-0075.